Hi and welcome. It is January 28th, 2021. This is the Robert Bruton Podcast Show. And I'm your host, Robert Bruton. And I'm breathing hard, as most of you know, because of COVID-19. So when I start trying to do the show introduction, it gets a little bit difficult. So bear with me. Uh, I'm catching my breath a little bit. But uh, anyway, we are going to talk about in today's show, um, re, basically repurposing your life, reinventing you, okay? Um, I wrote a book that we published a uh, day before yesterday called Digital Nomad. And uh, one of the things that we've started in this series with our new season is to talk about what we could do to reimagine our life. We've learned how to, over the last 150-odd shows, how to change our life, how to organize our life, how to detox our life, how to, you know, really get our head around being happy. Now we're going to go learn to be happy. So we're going to talk a whole lot about that uh, in today's show. But first, we're going to take a 60-second quick commercial break. So stand by. And uh, I'm telling you, today's show and all the new shows that we've got coming out are so much fun. So stay with me. We'll be right back in 60 seconds. Hello, everyone, and thanks again for staying tuned and uh, taking that short little break with me. And uh, so like I said in the introduction... We are going to talk today about repurposing our life. Basically, you've heard that old adage, uh, uh, we're going to repurpose this room, we're going to repurpose this wood, we're going to repurpose this bicycle, you know, and turn it into something uh, that it originally, uh, or bring it back to to its glory days and repurpose it into something new, okay? So... um, That's what we're talking about with our life, because I'm going to tell you today how easy it is to actually rethink your life, no matter what age you are, okay, young or old, okay, Uh, man, woman, child, (laughs) doesn't matter. You see a lot of young, and I, I jokingly say child, because you see a lot of young entrepreneurs coming out of this uh, COVID-19 pandemic uh, lockdowns in places where kids come up with fun ways to, all of a sudden they start making some money. You know, they uh, have all kinds of neat little things that they do. So uh, that's why I kind of jokingly said uh, man, woman, child, but uh, there are young folks out there, uh, young people who are getting it done, changing their life a little bit, or just making uh, their childhood a little bit more uh, exciting uh, doing some entrepreneur work, okay? So whatever shape, form, or fashion that takes. All right. So, for example, you know, and one of the things that got me really jazzed was an article that I saw about countries that were offering what are called digital nomad visas, okay? And I'm not suggesting you have to travel the world, but the cool thing is, is if you wanted to, you could. So, but here's the skinny. For example, 
in this article, it talked about the Cayman Islands, okay, and which is down by the Bahamas, for those of you that don't know. And uh, you can get a three-year digital nomad visa and stay in the Cayman Islands for three years with this visa and not have to go back and get special papers, not have to get uh, special dispensation from the government. You can actually just go down and do your job. Imagine doing your job on the beach in the Cayman Islands. How incredibly beautiful would that be? So it got me to thinking, that's pretty cool. And there's a lot to this because three years ago, that's exactly what I told myself I was going to do, is repurpose my life, redo my life into something where I'm doing what I want to do, not what I have to do. Okay, I still do other things that I'm having to do as a means to an end, but the vast majority of my life is now about writing, uh, my podcast and blogging. Uh, we're working on new videos to uh, create a better and more robust YouTube channel, and uh, I can tell you that a lot of that is so much fun. And I'm going to have to say, hang on a second, because I'm about to sneeze. And sneeze we did, or I did. So thanks for, uh, like I said, you know, I'm recovering from, and this is, you know, I've been out of the hospital for a month, and uh, I still have lots of residual stuff going on from COVID-19, and was in the hospital a month, and recovery a month, and still not over it and it's just bleh, you know so um whatever you need to do to stay safe stay safe all right um you know we we're talking about uh the last couple of days and and uh we i did put out a new book called uh digital nomad and basically um that's basically repurposing our life to say Let's just say that that you work in an office, whatever that office job is, okay? And you're just, you feel like you're stuck. You feel like it's really just kind of a nowhere job. Um, You don't feel like you're getting anywhere, but you don't feel like you can break out and do something on your own. So let's talk today a little bit about what we could do to repurpose our life and things you could think about, okay? So this takes some soul searching. And you really don't have to uh, get all stressed about this. You know, just basically, uh, you know, if you're married, talk to your spouse. If you have a girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, talk to your boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, kick it around with some people and just, you know, and keep, but most importantly, this needs to be for you. Okay. This needs to be something so that when you get to the end of your life, you can look back and you can just go, wow, I did that. I did that, you know? I mean, yes, there was, you know, obvious help or, you know, the good Lord helped you through it or the, whatever that situation is. But you still have that ability to go, wow, I did that. That was me. Golly, you know? And you... uh have to really just sit down and think about, you know, if money's not the problem, time is not the problem, education's not the problem, 
what could you do differently with your life? What do you want to do differently with your life? You know, well, I've always wanted to teach kids. I've always wanted to uh, coach football. I've always wanted to whatever the situation is. Is there a viable way to get you there? I've always wanted to write a book. I've always wanted to start a podcast. I've always wanted to um, work on computers. I've always wanted to cut hair. I've always wanted to mow the grass. I've always wanted to detail cars. I've always wanted to, you fill in the blank. But that is, it doesn't matter the what. It matters doing it because the what is something that you want for yourself, something that you absolutely get jazzed about. You know, you don't have, here's the thing, um, to write a novel, for example, okay, it does take some skill level to put together a novel that actually you sit down and actually when you read it, it makes sense. You know, you start out, you build up, you've got all the stuff going through the middle, and then you bring everybody back into uh, a happy ending or a sad ending. You know, maybe you kill off your main character at the end. Maybe they get married and live happily ever after. Whatever that is, you know, that's the story. So you have to have some structure. You have to have some things that you have to learn. But that is something that you can learn. That's my point. So many things out there are things that you can absolutely learn. And there are editors that are going to help you. You know, for example, Ernest Hemingway. Everybody's heard of Ernest Hemingway. If you haven't, what rock are you living under? If you're wanting an aspiring writer. So look him up. Here is a man who didn't have a formal literary education, yet won a Pulitzer and a Nobel Prize. So do you need a formal education? It's wonderful if you've been blessed to have one, but uh, I, can, I work with people who uh, have a formal education and, ha- and don't even work even remotely close to their training. And what they're educated to do. Not even in the same hemisphere. So it really boils down to your knowledge of a thing and your love and passion for that. You know, you don't necessarily have to go out and get some uber crazy Ivy League education in order to write a New York Times bestseller. So don't let those type of things stifle you in going, well, I'll never do that. You know, how the hell am I going to get it, you know? If you have a good enough story and you have a passion beyond what most others have to see that through, I promise you doors will open, things will happen that will help you through and get you uh, to the other side to that successful point. You know, learning the difference between resources and resourcefulness. Big deal. Learning the difference between activity and productivity. But what we're talking about is is doing the fun side of 
you know, we've we've learned all that in my and if you've read my books, if you've followed the podcast, if you follow my blog, then we know all these things. So what did we talk about the last two uh, shows and what are we talking about now? Okay, let's go apply this. So now I'm giving you ideas on, you know, changing your life. You don't I don't care. You don't necessarily have to change your job. Okay, maybe you want to be a better spouse. Maybe you want to be a better parent. Maybe you want to be a better grandparent. Maybe you, whatever you want to be, then let's go be it. So what can you do every day? We already know how to organize our life. So organize, start organizing in the change. You know, for me, and what I really focus a lot on is that you know, I want that digital nomad lifestyle. I want to be able to go get in my motorhome or go get in my tra- my truck and pull my trailer, whatever that looks like. Or maybe I'm going from one Airbnb B&B to the next Airbnb, you know? And I want to wake up in different spots. I want to be able to go, all I need is a laptop my laptop and I need an internet connection. Other than that, I'm good to go. I don't need a fancy office. I don't need fancy clothes. I don't need fancy nothing. In fact, I'm going to be more happy if I'm in shorts, flip-flops, and a t-shirt and I'm riding. And people are sending me things through, you know, and I'm doing Zoom and I'm doing uh, YouTube videos, live stream, and I'm making my films. I don't, you know, uh, I'm, I'm good. I'm happy. You know, those are the things that I want to do. But first and foremost, we have to get that monetized and we have to get those earning an income so that we can uh, check out of our nine to five. Because we're not going to check out of our nine to five. We're not going to add that stress to our life. Okay before we have a viable solution to get us we might we might have to take a little bit of a pay cut or we may have to to take a little bit of a risk but maybe you get to a point where you go you know what if i really kind of had this time i would add uh you know way more to my income if i wasn't having to put my focus in other places but you'll know that when you get there and you will feel that in your heart And you'll make the right decision. It is so easy to do so many things that people think are hard to do. Writing and publishing a book. Most people think that there's no way in hell that they can do it. And actually, if you can write a book and you can get it edited and and, uh, you have just a little monicum of of, uh, computer literacy, you can actually publish a book uh, and, you know, if you've got all that together, you could be published in a couple of days. Not hard to do when you self-publish. Okay? Um, going out and developing an audience of people that you want to communicate with, uh, it too, now that's probably more hard than anything else. It's harder to get a audience around your, yourself uh, than it is to actually uh, publish a book. So getting on the appropriate 
social media, getting on an appropriate social media following that is a like-minded group to who you need to communicate with, okay? If you're talking to millennials, then go where millennials are. If you're, if you're talking to millennials and you're uh, uh, talking about retirement communities, uh, probably the wrong people to talk to, okay? If you need to be talking to baby boomers instead of millennials or vice versa, you know, make sure that the demographic that you're uh, reaching out to actually is the demographic that you need to be reaching. So that takes some time. That takes some effort. And these are things you can do now to begin to uh, uh, develop a core group of people that are devotees of your work. You know, you can, uh, uh, if you wanted to... uh, uh, Tell people the the you know how to how to mow grass, how to do you know how to be a handyman around the house. I mean, you could do something simple like that. Not that mowing grass is that simple, but you know if you want to do if you have a, a a really cool way that you do that so that the the yard looks incredibly well manicured. You know, there are sometimes when you look out across a you know like a golf course or something you go wow that's just beautiful and you look at people's homes and their manicured dealing you go, wow that's beautiful well that takes somebody with some talent you know you don't just stick a kid out on the back of a lawnmower and go here kid go out here and and you know mow the grass in front of my you know one million dollar house and make it look like a one million dollar house that takes some talent and some some skill. You know? You don't go down to the local car wash with your Ferrari and say, hey, can y'all detail my car? You go somewhere where there's a dude that that has studied and understands paint and understands how not to swirl your Ferrari paint, you know, and doesn't start up some, you know, grinder with a uh, a pad on it that they've used to do the last 10 cars and it's fixing to touch your $250,000 Ferrari. That takes a specific skill set. If you possess that skill set and you want to teach people how to do that, hoorah. There are ways for you to set up uh, through apps where you can actually do teaching classes and people actually pay to attend your classes. Not hard to do. And these people are recording these classes on a smartphone, for goodness sake. Sitting behind a desk. You don't need a, a fancy, you know, studio. For example, I'm doing this podcast, but I'm not doing it in the studio. I'm actually outside. And one of the things is, is that the sound quality is not the best that I would like it to be. But I always tell my following, my fans, hey, sometimes, you know, indulge me this and listen to the message and forget about some of the technology side of it. I could go do it in the studio every time. It's just that sometimes I feel more comfortable in other areas where I feel more engaged. I feel more uh, connected to what I'm doing. So I just, I, I... Throw caution to the wind and I say, okay, here's what we do. Have a nice day. Come on.
and we do it. Because this is the fun part. This is the part where you start getting excited, you know? I always said the one thing about, about you know, college is, you, you know, which is hard for, was hard for me early was, you know, you have to take all these crappy classes to get to the fun classes, which I understand the reason behind it, and I get it, okay? Well, I'm telling you, you can skip the, you can skip the, the crappy classes and get right to the meat and potatoes of what you want to do. If you want to write a book, then start learning how to structure a story. Start learning how to take notes. Not that there's really any specific way. I use spiral notebooks. And I write my notes, you know, and I write my, my the storyline that I want. And then I start developing that in my head. And then I sit down, hopefully, with no interruptions. And I bang out as much as I can for as long as I can on my computer and tell a story. And I do so in a, in a conversational way. When I write, I try to write like I'm speaking to you, like I'm sitting right across from you. And that's my style. And I have people sometimes tell me, well, you know, that, that, that you know, you sound like a, a, you're giving a lecture. Well, in some instances, I am giving you a learning lecture. You know, and you need to read and take notes and, and, and learn from the lecture. Why do you attend a lecture at school? Well, because you're there to learn. Same thing. And then you have to sit down, okay, today, if possible, and go, you know, I hadn't really thought about changing my life, but you know what? I kind of am stuck in this job yeah it it pays okay it I got benefits and you know it takes care of my family and stuff like that but at the end of the day you know do you come home and ever think I wish I wonder if there was more I wonder if there could be more are you a single mom sitting at home you have kids whom you adore and love to death no doubt but you're now alone. Of course, you may not be alone forever, obviously. Okay. But it can seem like your options have been reduced. And you'll see, hear people say, well, honey, you got kids. You can't do anything like that. You got to take care of your children. I'm not suggesting at all that you're not going to be a the best mom ever and that you're not going to take care of your children. What I'm suggesting is, is with appropriate planning, appropriate times and some real resourcefulness into how can I achieve this? We can overcome all kinds of adversity to get to an end. Again, a means to an end. That's the cool thing. You, you, I don't, you throw up a roadblock. Okay, well, we're going to dig under, go over, jump over, fly over, plow through, 
but we'll figure out a way. You know? To use a, and forgive the cliche nature of this, but, you know, um, who thought they could put a man on the moon? Yet, within a decade, there were men on the moon. That's a pretty big accomplishment. That's a pretty big thing. Okay? The Wright brothers who built the first airplane, that wasn't that long ago. Okay? Now you've got these big, beautiful corporate jets. You've got 747s that fly across the ocean. We had the... uh, uh, supersonic flights across the Atlantic from New York to uh, uh, Paris or New York to London, you know, and they don't do them anymore, but that's something that maybe in the future could happen again. And all of these things were done because people believed they could be done. How many of you had or remember talking to your friends with a phone that you had stretched on a cord from the kitchen to your bedroom that was about 400 feet long and everybody was yelling at you, get off the phone, get off the phone. And you had a cord, literally a cord stretched (laughs) with the receiver of the phone and you were talking to all your friends in your bedroom. And now... Chances are you FaceTime on your phone, you FaceTime on your laptop, you FaceTime on your iPad or your Samsung uh, tablet, or you're Zooming or whatever you're doing. And when I was a kid, that was the, uh, the coolest thing ever because you could talk on the phone. And, you know, now what's cool is, and I'm sure my mother would have loved for me to have this is because I lived in New Mexico and had a girlfriend in Dallas, Texas. And so sometimes I would make long distance calls because I really wanted to talk to her and I didn't, uh, I would run up our phone bill. Well, now if in the same instance, I could talk to that same girlfriend from my bedroom in New Mexico and talk to that same girlfriend in Texas and it doesn't cost me anything except what my parents pay for my phone the point is is that someone believed that that technology could get to where it is so you have to believe that what you want to do is achievable because people who if nobody thought that something was unattainable we wouldn't have zoom calls we wouldn't have facetime we wouldn't have a mobile phone we would have an old crank phone that you had in the kitchen, you know, and you'd be telling Miss Clara, can I talk to, you know, Sue over at the diner? You know, I need to call, you know, can I talk to, you know, this person or that person? Or I had to send you a letter in the mail. When I was a kid and I, and I did have a girlfriend in Dallas and, and we had to send each other letters in the mail all the time. We didn't have email. Hell, there wasn't even a computer. Not certainly like what's today. So when you think about all those things out there that you take for granted every day, somebody had to believe that that was possible. And so 
you know, back when I was a kid, how, telling me that that I could talk to you or or do a, 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 a basically a radio show on the uh, off of my telephone. Somebody had to think about this technology. Somebody didn't let, oh well, that'll never happen. Run into their head. So when you start thinking about repurposing your life, you know, is you're taking the old you and you're turning it into something new. It's just like when you go to a uh, an old country barn and you get the wood and you're going to repurpose that wood into something that is modern and something that people go, oh my God, that's beautiful. Maybe it covers a wall in your home or a roof uh, in your home. Maybe it decorates the walls in your man cave. Whatever it is, you've repurposed something old to turn into something new. So think about that for your life for a minute. We're taking the old you and turning you into something new. We're repurposing your life. And you can do that. If you've read any of my books, if you've read, listened to any of my podcasts, and if you've read any of my articles, of which there's 300, 10 books, 160 or 70 shows, we've beat this to death. Now it's time to implement it. It's time to do it. And it's easier than you think. Easier than you think. So, what are some things that you could do to start changing your life today? If you want to think about for a minute and go, yeah, I hadn't really, and like I said earlier, I hadn't really thought about changing my life. But, you know, if you come home and you say, you have a wonderful family, I've got a great spouse, I've got a good job. But if there's something that's gnawing at you, you know, to achieve or do, what are you doing to to scratch that itch? And I'm not saying you go out and you uh, bloody quit your job and say, you know, I'm going to sit here, I'm going to take a year sabbatical and I'm going to write the world's greatest novel. That's not a smart move. If you've never written before or you have no knowledge, don't quit your job and say you're going to take a year sabbatical and write some novel. Write some stuff. Get it out on a, you know, in a, uh, see if anybody will write your, uh, will accept your writing. There's a thousand places to sell freelance work. And you'll get feedback from people that, you know, I wrote a thousand I can't remember. It was got twelve or fifteen hundred uh, articles off of Fiverr, and it's it's that site is something that you'd do for five bucks, okay? And I and I and I and you can say okay, and you can add more money to it, but you but always you have something on there that you'll do for five bucks. So you know, I'd write a three hundred word article for five bucks. And if you start getting and people start sending you back stuff and saying, dude, this rocks, thank you. Or, 
oh my God, you're, this sucks. Can you rewrite the com- whole thing? Well, depending on which answer you get more often than not, okay, should tell you if you have some ability to write. More often than not, people said, dude, I, I really like this. Thank you. I won't change a word. Or can you change this little part of it? Or, you know, it wasn't anything where people were telling me, dude, I mean, on the odd occasion, I had people say, this whole thing sucks. Can I have my money back? Yeah, for five bucks, sure. No problem. You're not going to have 100% of the people who love your work. But if 90% of them are favorable to your work, 80% are favorable to your work, 70% are favorable to your work. At that number, you probably need to work on your skill a little bit. But that comes with writing and time. Writing time and reading. Perfecting your craft. So yeah, if you had the money to, if you said, let's say, well, I've got a year's worth of savings. I think I'm just going to quit my job and write a damn book. No. No, 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 no. No. Not even close. Okay? Yes, you may get to a point where you can do that. But the first rattle out of the box, hell no. Protect yourself and your family. Protect your credit. Protect your money. Protect your savings. Remember, we organize our life to win. Okay? And that's how we do it. If you've read the book, you know how. Okay? So... You find that thing, that itch that you want, and it may not be. You may keep your job. You know, you may keep those things, but maybe it's you want to summit a mountain. You know, maybe you want to, and, and this is again, you know, maybe you want to summit Everest, but maybe that's impractical. So, you go within the confines of the United States. Maybe you go to Alaska and summit Denali, Mount Rainier. Somewhere that, you know, is still an incredible challenge, but, you know, it doesn't take as much, you know, you don't have to spend a hundred grand to, uh, uh, just get there and have the gear to go, you know, Plus, Everest has gotten so nasty that, you know, it's almost like you have to have a pooper scooper to go up the mountain because, you know, there's just no place. I mean, think about it. There's not a porta potty up on, on, you know, when you're trying to summit. And I'm sorry, but, you know, biological things happen to us. So you got to pee and you got to poop, you know. And at, you know, uh, and it happens, you know. So, you know, and there's just trash and there's all kinds of stuff. It's, it's sad what's happened to Everest. Or maybe you want to uh, do a mic night at a comedy house because you're funny. Maybe you want to do it because you sing, play the guitar. Maybe you want to play in a band. Are you doing something about it? Or are you sitting there going, oh, it's a pipe dream. I, you know, I'm never going to get there. Well, bullshit. Live life. If you went, here's the thing. Let's say you wanted to um, summit a mountain, for example. You're not, you know, when you go talk to your family about it, 
you know, if you're a husband and you're going to talk to your wife about it and just, you know, I I think when you tell somebody, I need this, I need to get this out of my system. Yes, it's dangerous and yes, I could get hurt and, you know, these type of things. But get, you know, when you do that, you can get people behind you. And maybe it's your spouse, your wife coming to you going, you know, I, I wanted to, you know, be a fashion model. I wanted to, uh, I want to go back to school and get my, and finish up my degree, you know. The kids are older, I want to go back to work. The kids are home, but I want to go back to work. How do we make that happen? Who knows, maybe maybe you summit Denali as a husband and wife. So think about those things. Begin to imagine, begin to see what is my life repurposed? What is, what is that thing that's itching it that, that I when I get to the end of my life, I don't go, damn, if only. If only. Think about that for a minute. Do you want to end your life where you go, man, if only. I had, you know, responsibilities. Yes, everybody, for God's sake, has responsibilities and, and, and bills. Good Lord, man. Don't, and here's the thing. We've all got responsibilities. We've all got bills. And we could all lose that at the drop of a hat. Something could happen, God forbid, that could change your life dramatically right now. Do you want to say at the end of your life, like Irma Bombeck, which is my most favorite quote, and I may butcher it a little bit, but she says, at, when she stands before God, she wanted to be able to say, I used everything you gave me. I got nothing left. And at that point, I'm pretty sure he's going to say, come on in. Or Peter's going to tell you, come on in. You know? I used everything you gave me. I got nothing left. Is that a better answer for the end of your life? Or, wow, Man, I wished I'd have done that, or I wished I'd have tried. Nah, I just never could get around to it. I just, could, you know, there's about a thousand freaking uh, platitudes you could tell yourself. Oh, I can't do this, can't do that. You know, I got kids, I got bills, I got a family, I got a wife, I got a husband. All of which is wonderful. But you can still... Have a life. You're allowed. So get a spiral notebook and start writing down what it is that might jazz you up. The cool thing about being, and don't think for one minute there aren't people that are doing it. Um, I've told you guys there, if you go on YouTube, there's all kinds of people that are making a living off doing YouTube videos and other things. Okay. You have to, there's a lot to these side hustles that you have to learn how to do, you know, 
But there are people sailing around the world, riding in an RV around the world, trekking, walking, hiking around the world, staying in one place to the next. There's a thing um, where you can, you can get on a particular website, okay? And if you reach out to me, I'll tell you, because I can't really t- say all these websites that I'd like to all the time. But you can, what you can do is they're like organic farms, for example. Uh, and you can go and trade your time and muscles, basically, to learn how to organic farm and get free food and free lodging, okay? And for a set amount of hours a day, you agree to uh, work on the farm. You agree to, you know, garden. You agree to do it. And, and a lot of these organic farms have stuff like that where they get, you know, college kids who are just trying to get out there and have some fun, you know, and, and you're learning something. You're learning a skill, a craft. You're having a life experience. And these are things that can happen all over the world. All over the world. It's a similar thing to like the Peace Corps. If you don't know, and a lot of you folks probably don't know what the Peace Corps is, go look at it. It's where you give a year or two of your life to make a difference in a country, you know, and it's hard and it's, it's difficult. But imagine the experience from that. It's pretty cool. Missionaries do the same thing. They travel all over the world to make a difference. I, I did some business with a, a couple, a young couple that, that uh, well, they weren't that young, but, but anyway, they did, um, uh, they had a, a, uh, a missionary uh, school in uh, Africa for kids whose parents had died from AIDS. And these are children that, that are not HIV positive, but they lost their parents uh, because the AIDS debt, uh, epidemic is so bad that a lot of these children lost both of their parents. They had nobody and they lost other members of their family. So they have this orphanage for kids and they're able to, through some vetting processes and, and international uh, oversight, they're able to uh, let some of these children be adopted to families in the United States and other parts of the world. You know, and obviously there's a very strict vetting process for that so that these children don't get put in a worse situation than what they're in in Africa currently. Which, if they, when being at the orphanage, they're actually in a wonderful situation because um, for given the circumstance, because they have uh, uh, food, shelter, and a safe place to go to school, learn, and, and, and uh, eventually have a life that, uh, uh, that they choose to have. So, um, there's all kinds of things that you could, could do. I watched another thing the other night where a couple, you know, was making unbelievable money at their business and they went to South Africa, uh, to work with families and work with folks and, uh, uh, to teach them skills and trades and, and to do things. And, uh, they became missionaries and, and did some wonderful work, you know, worked with folks to help uh, 
you know, the drug problem in that in those areas is really, really bad. Heroin and ice and crack and things like that are just horrid. Okay, and there's so many new drugs out there that are becoming cheaper, more addictive, and it's just horrid, you know. So in those instances, what could you do? Maybe you want to film a documentary film about, you know, global warming or or ocean trash, um, the effects of, of plastic on sea animals, sea creatures, you know, fishing nets, fishing, you know, I mean... Uh, I can't tell you when I lived on the coast how many turtles we pulled out of the water and cut fishing line and fishing nets off of. Poor things, you know? And it was like they had a brand new life whenever you got all this stuff because their body starts to grow and the netting starts to grow into their shells or or the webbing of their feet or into their head. It's horrid, you know? And it's hard to cut some of that stuff away because it's grown in so desperately bad. So imagine if you could float around in the, you know, on the shores and look for uh, animals in distress, rescue those animals, and worked with a rescue, you know, where um, boats would hit turtles and things like that, and they would get and they would rehab in the uh, uh, in a veterinary hospital on the island where we lived and uh, we helped, you know, release those animals and went in and fed them and, and you know, you could, uh, uh, and they would do, you know, seabirds and all kinds of stuff. So there's all kinds of cool stuff you could do. And you can monetize that stuff through Patreon, through, you know, if you're doing really good work, and you went into Patreon and you got people to subscribe and start sending you money to help you do the things that you do, you don't have to be a, 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 a what am I trying to say, a 5013C. You don't have to be a nonprofit. If you can, great. If that's your deal, knock yourself out. But you'd be amazed at what people, when you touch their heart, are willing to do. And that includes paying you to do the work that you're doing, especially if they get their head around it. Right? Maybe you're rescuing uh, stray dogs all over the world. Maybe you're rescuing stray dogs all over the United States. Maybe you're providing food for these animals. Maybe you're teaching communities how to take care of stray animals, how to get them off the street, you know? There's a bajillion things, a lot of cool stuff that you can do if you set your mind to it and your heart to it. All right, so go tonight or today, whatever time you're listening to this, and get a spiral notebook. Get a decent pen and sit down with yourself and go, you know, what, what would my life look like? If money's not the problem and time's not the problem, credit and all the other things you can think of right off the bat, if nothing was the problem, if all of a sudden I was going to hand you the keys to your life, said, okay, this is your life. What you do with it is up to you, but this is your life. There's no, there's nothing, there's no attachment to it. You don't got to pay me for it. 
You don't got to do nothing. You just got to take the key and open the door and there's your life. What are you going to do? All right? It's challenging. It's fun. All right, we're going to have fun. We're, I'm telling you, man, this is cool. This is, this is how we put in place all of the last two or three years of stuff that we've been doing. This is how you now put it into place. All right, this is where we start actually taking action. This is where you're going to start sending me pictures of your new life. I want pictures to post on, the, on our website, okay? I want to say this is, you know, Bob and Sue Smith, and they're in, you know, here in, doing this. They're scuba diving and saving, you know, sea turtles. They're sa- they, they, uh, cleaning up the ocean. They're cleaning up trash, you know? There are dead zones on rivers in the Middle East that were places where Jesus was and and those type of things. And not to get overly spiritual in this moment, but, you know, how do you you bring those back? How do you bring those those rivers that have pollution, especially in India and stuff like that? Is there some way that you could sit there and go, you know what, I I think I know, because fish can't live in that pollution. Sea creatures, see, you know, the things that it takes to make a habitat can't do it because there is garbage there. Well, how do we take care of that? Maybe you know the solution to it. See, I get, I get off. I get, I get going in, in another direction and I don't shut up when I'm trying to shut down the show. And those of you that listen to me know that I never, ever, I'm ever, never able to say, okay, bye, thanks. You know, I have to keep going. All right, so robertbruton.com. Uh, everything about, everything you need to know about the show, uh, books, all that stuff is all available there. Um, I do know that when you go in, I've been telling everybody, when you go to Amazon, okay, um, you can go directly from my website. I was telling everybody, just Google my name. Sometimes um, it changes my last name because there's a lot of authors on, on Amazon that, ha- that are Burton instead of Bruton. So sometimes just make sure that um, maybe you follow the links in, uh, from my website. So robertbruton.com. And I have links there that will take you to my author page on uh Amazon and get you uh, my books. You certainly can go there and put in, like, for example, you can put in my name and um, Digital Nomad and my book will come up and you can click on my and subscribe to my author page, okay? And it's not where you get a bunch of emails and stuff. It's just like when I post a new book, it'll get, it will email you and say, hey, this author just posted a new book. Um, come check it out. And uh, uh, so you can actually do all that easily okay all right cool so man what a show uh thank you so much for tuning in and thank you for all of our subscribers god bless you this is robert bruton with the robert bruton podcast show bye for now